Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush, and I'm here with my co-hostess, Don Ludicky over there. And we have awesome guests tonight, Christy Barth and Cameron Clare. So thanks for being with us this evening, ladies. Yes, thank, thank you. you for having us. Absolutely. So Dawn, what's up? Yes. What's going oh, on with you? Right. What have you been up to? Oh, um, it's hunting season in Montana. Okay. So so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I it's know. always hunting season in Montana. No, not always. <laughs> not always. You know? Uh, um let's see they're always hunting for something second yeah well huckleberries you know (laughs) no yeah i love the huckleberries in montana do not joke about huckleberries that is like no serious like it's a it's a serious issue here too like um and and i guess so is your hunting area because if you say uh, I i went to the farmer's market and there was this lady selling huckleberry vinaigrette and it was like, oh, where do you go get your huckleberries? And she's like, nice try. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry. Like finding your favorite fishing spot and not wanting to yeah. tell anyone where it is. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Good to yep. know. And, well, because uh, they're wild, so right? I, like, you, they can't farm them. You have to just know where to well, go to get them. Because- we'll see. Because I actually ordered a huckleberry bush. And I planted it in my backyard this summer. And I'm, like, monitoring the pH balance of my soil Mm -hmm. and all this because I I have these plans these grand plans to get my own huckleberry patch in my backyard so we'll see if that happens but yeah they're wild have have you had huckleberries Cameron or Christy no but I'm thinking Don you need to put a fence around it so that nobody sees them and tries to steal them from the wild yeah Mm -hmm. they're that hotly looked after you should plant like something around it like like when people do uh, remember our friend that we had on that was a legal marijuana grower um you know how they yeah. used to have to do that you plant like fake a hedge around the huckleberries to hedge yeah. them in so that people yeah. won't know they're there yeah well it's crazy because they they have to have like a certain like t- they have to have very specific like environment to grow mm-hmm. but they grow wild up in the middle of the mountains you know, it's, it's so crazy, but yeah, we found, we found a little patch this year and we got about a couple cups worth of huckleberries. Awesome. So they're in our fridge and um, yeah. Yeah. Huckleberries, Montana huckleberries. That's it. But now it's actually delicious. elk season. So my husband's, okay. you know, been out in the mountains and I've been out in the mountains and, and um, editing, of course. Yeah. I was going to say, have you done edit. any writing or are you just <laughs> hunting for huckleberries and elk? <laughs> mostly huckleberries and elk but um well the huckleberries are over but yeah i i'm trying to edit for my agent it's just gonna we got a, that a book that we want to get out but other than that yellowstone's over so hey i can say it because they're like gone now right and they're not gonna like penalize me but i will um november 13th and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be in the first episode Ooh, and yay. so I am going to do like a massive giveaway to see I've, I've been in four scenes on Yellowstone. So um, if you can see all I'm going to planning on, I'm tr- going to try next season to get like an autograph or two from some of the actors, but we'll mm-hmm. see if that happens. But if 
not, I'll give away some Yellowstone swag. So that's what I'm going to be doing here coming okay. up is um, a massive giveaway. If you can see, find all four of my scenes in Yellowstone. Okay. So, and I'm but pretty sure I'm in episode one. Or but it's two, sprinkled throughout the season, right? Yeah, for sure. Sprinkled okay. throughout the whole yeah. season. That's going to be pretty yeah. exciting. I can't wait. My mom's yeah. getting three. She won't say this one matter. But my mom's getting three different Beth Dutton t-shirts for Christmas because that's all she Oh, wanted. my gosh. That awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would give away what I was, but then it would just ruin all the fun. No, you can't tell people what you were. <laughs> no. Then it makes it too I, easy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what about you, Dylan? You've been like crazy busy. Holy cow. This last week. I have. Um, so yeah, I have a book out today, Tasting Temptation, the next book in the Whiskey Wars series released today. Um, and then I, I did my boudoir shot yesterday. So that was pretty yeah. exciting. <laughs> um, I, I uh, posted a, a picture in my Facebook group. So so if, I mean, nothing, nothing risque, just, you know, me at the studio getting ready and all that. And so that was super fun. Um, they're doing a, a project of 40 women over 40. And, Ooh. um, and so, yeah, so they're, they're doing that. My mom, um, I don't, I don't think my mom is watching tonight. Let's hopefully not. Um, but yeah, when I was talking to my mom yesterday, she's like, Oh, where are you headed home from? Cause I was in the car and I was like, Oh, I was at my boudoir shot. And she's like, you're what? I said, my boudoir shot. She's like, what is that? I said, mom, I went and had a stranger take pictures of me in my underwear. Okay. And she was like, Oh, then she's like, why would you do that? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was, it was very tastefully done. It was, um, it was, yeah. I mean, I was nervous, but it was, it was a lot of fun. If you have a chance to do that, I highly recommend it. Um, it was just really fun, but I think I took more pictures like with book stuff than I did of, you know, boudoir stuff. So I, I'm getting a new author headshot out of it. And I mean, fully dressed, regular clothing, <laughs> author headshot. Um, and so, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. And then, yeah. And then rolled into release day today. And then um, I'm going to Houston next week to see, I'll see Cameron in Houston next week. Um, and so, yeah, there's a big conference in Houston next week for writers. So I'm excited to. Yeah. So that's what's been going on. And then um, Cameron and I were both were featuring the authors of the Holiday Heart On anthology. So that's what Cameron is here tonight. And so that is wrapping up. I mean, that came out in October and you can only get it for like another week and then it will be gone forever. So, um, so yeah, so we've been watching that. And third year in a row, we hit USA Today with that little project. So that's been awesome. Nice. Congrats, guys. Yeah, it's our third year as um, doing that charity rom-com holiday charity anthology. And so it's been a lot of fun, but it it started the last time we were at this conference in November um, is when it all kind of started with the last time we were there live because it's been virtual for the past couple of years. So it'll be fun to get a lot of the people that were in the anthology will be there and um, it'll be fun. So that's what's yeah. going on with me. I'm sorry. We just took up like, you know, almost eight minutes of, of what's going on. <laughs> we should probably talk to our guests. Christy, we're excited to have you back. I know you're going to read first tonight, so we'll we'll have you introduce yourself first and let us know. You had a release yesterday? Tuesday. Okay. I, this week has been a blur. I know. So Christy had a release this week. I love that cover. That's so much fun. And we yeah, featured you. you. 
we featured you in our 100. We got to tell people about that too, Dawn. Um, our big giveaway yeah. author this week. So um, go back and look on our, our Facebook page and our TikTok and our Instagram and, and you can find out about Christie's books. So, so yes. Thank you for the feature. Absolutely. Tell us, tell us about your new book. I've written over 40 contemporary rom-coms. This is my first paranormal rom-com. Uh, Ooh, for some people who might be scared to genre switch, it's exactly like the contemporaries, except it has angels and demons and hell and the end of the world sprinkled on top of it, like Jimmy's. Oh, how so fun. For those, of you, for those of you who are from like the South or wherever they don't say Jimmy's, those are sprinkles. It took me a long time to figure out what, the, what Jimmy's were. Sorry, I'm an LA girl. I, I don't, I don't speak the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know yeah, what Jimmy's are, Cameron? You look a woman who inherits the key to the gates of hell's worst prison and she gives it away not knowing what it is and this half angel half human in nephilim uh has to help her find it in two weeks or all the gates get opened and demons flood the world and it's the end they find time to kiss so it's kind of like lucifer in book form it is a lot like lucifer Mm, we miss Lucifer. <laughs> I miss it so much. I actually won't let myself watch the final episode because I read the spoiler of what happens and I'm not happy about it. So I can't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos well, to those of you who could. Very exciting to, to see you genre switch. And, um, and that sounds like so much fun. I know when I was reading the description, I was just laughing because yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. I, I love them. There's bromance. It is a series. So he's got, what do you know, two best friend half angels. And <laughs> the next one is called Hell of an Angel coming out next year. So it's a whole, it, it's paranormal, but it's still a super light rom-com mm -hmm. with sexy times. Very fun. Nice. Yeah. And Cameron, you are going to talk about Holiday Hard On. And then, I mean, feel free to talk about other things too. What have you got going on? We, we've got our anthology that came out and then you've got... Um, you have a Halloween book. Yeah, I have a Halloween book coming out on Monday. Um, We've had a couple, actually. You've had a couple of holiday books. Yeah. Uh, well, the other one was from last year, but yeah, for Halloween. Yeah. So I have a Halloween coming out on 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 Halloween, um, and then uh, yeah, and then my my next reverse harem comes out beginning of November. So um, another club sin book, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know. This by the end of this year, I'll have forty five titles. So. I started with I started with three at the beginning of 21, 2021. So yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I write novella like so it's not this nearly as possible, but <laughs> yeah. So but still yeah. what what I have found, I mean, it might be like not take as much time to draft, but it takes just as much time to get the cover up, to do the formatting, to you know, upload and get the blurbs out and mm -hmm marketing and i mean it's so yeah it's like it might not take as much time to actually write the book because they're shorter but it takes just as much time if not more because you know you've got instead of just getting one book up and out you've got like all these books that you're trying to get up and out so yeah it's yeah yeah it's a lot it's a it's a quick hit and yeah you know you throw it out there and then you're like oh i got another two that are like on the box bo you know mm -hmm. on the deck so i don't have time to enjoy what I just said. So someday I'm going to take time and actually go read everything I wrote and like be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I miss him. Yeah. Like more about him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Very fun. Lots going on. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to have Christy read first. 
So we're getting, um, it's special tonight because we're going to have, Christy is doing a double dose of reading. So she's going to read a short snippet and then we're going to have, then we're going to hear from Cameron with her holiday heart on story. And then, um, and then we'll have Christy read again. So it's because so I want to prove my paranormal credentials. So I've got to read you a little paranormal thing and then a romance thing. Well, absolutely. Yeah. We're excited to hear both. So yes, when you said you were going to do that, it's like, yay. All right. So we're going to let Christy read first. And if you have questions for our guests while they're reading or at any time, pop them in the comments and we will be back to answer those. And so we are going to put you up there. Do we need a setup at all? Or are you starting at, at page one or where are we starting? Page 47. Uh, this girl doesn't know anything about heaven or hell or demons and doesn't believe they exist, even though a sexy stranger showed up and warned her that they might. So she's just like us and is terrified by what's about to happen. Excellent. Okay. All right. So she knows as much as we all do. (laughs) Here we go. A hand, a claw curled over the top of the fence. The appendage was green, scaly. Then a head appeared. It was also covered in green scales. This thing was definitely the source of the stench. And if Maisie lived through the next few minutes, it would also definitely be the source of her nightmares for the rest of her freaking life. This thing had eyes, a nose, and a mouth, just like a human Coming out of the top of its head, though, was a tail, a tentacle, and at the top of that was a set of fanged teeth, fanged gnashing teeth, with a little bit of drool dripping down the tentacle. Maisie screamed. Liz screamed. It pulled itself over the fence, tearing the festive crepe paper, dropped to the ground, showing itself to look mostly human aside from the green scales. The creature hissed again, then did something worse. It spoke. Shut up. Its voice was as gnarled and rough as though it had begun a -a sixty-pack-a-day habit at birth. Your screechers are worse than nails down a chalkboard. I'm killing you. Freaking accept it and shut up. This walking, talking lizard thing dared to mansplain how they were supposed to react when confronted with imminent death? Maisie was still terrified, but this time she screamed just to piss it off. Then she scrambled backward until her butt collided with the table. It rocked over, spilling her presence to clatter onto the ground. She lost her balance and landed hard on her tailbone, popping open what smelled like honeysuckle lotion. At least the patio smelled marginally better, but how was she supposed to fight this thing off with nothing at hand besides probably snazzy new earrings, lotion, and balloons? Maisie desperately wanted to see what Liss was doing. Taking her eyes off the creature, though, seemed like a bad idea. Who are you? Why do you want to kill us? It put its hand on its waist, cocked its head to the side, canted its hips forward so that she became aware it was both very male and very naked. Ew, like a sea cucumber down there. Are we really doing this? He hissed out the final S on the word. Closer now, she could see that the tongue was forked. You want to talk first? You bet. Every second of aliveness she could eke out, she would. Stalling would give her time to come up with an idea, maybe, or for Liz to call 911. Maybe she already had. Maybe help was on the way. But what would the Buffalo Police Department do? What could anyone do against this thing? Those scales looked thick enough to be armor. Hello, my name's Ziggurat. He rotated his wrist as if tipping an imaginary hit. Hat, I'll be your killer today. You'll be my dinner. But why? Stupid to let fresh meat go to waste. You think you can seriously still eat me after talking to me? That wasn't how it was supposed to work. All the crime dramas said to talk to your attacker, make a connection, and then they'd be hesitant to kill you. Shouldn't that make him even more hesitant to chow down? Look, this is just another job for me. If someone handed you a cheesecake at the end of whatever you do to earn a buck, wouldn't you eat it? He chomped together his second set of teeth. No. Darn it, Maisie couldn't lie. Not about cheesecake. I mean, yes, 
I'd eat it. But what I wanted to know was why you want to kill us, not your plans for after the deed is done. He scratched the side of his scaly head. Who knows? I kind of hope you know. Death's pretty final to not have a solid reason to be meeting it out. He tipped back his head inside, just like her 10th graders used to do when she announced an assignment for over a holiday break. I was ordered to. You don't ask questions in hell. You do what you're told. Plus, it'll be fun. Always good to enjoy your work. Not to mention, but I will, the aforementioned bonus of free dinner. Aforementioned? Aside from the hissing and the overall appalling thesis, Ziggurat was having a normal, well-verbalized conversation with her. It was beyond surreal, except for how real her terror felt, along with her absolute belief that, barring a miracle by the BPD, this thing would kill her and her best friend in a matter of minutes. And hell? Okay, Logic insisted that he was probably a demon, assuming demons existed. Assuming hell was a real place, just like the hot stranger had told her. Well, at least if she was about to die, she'd have the mental image of his broad shoulders and high slashes of cheekbones and almost indigo eyes. Not the worst way to go. There must be a way out of this. Something you want. Money? They didn't have any, but that'd be a problem for five minutes from now. Five extra blissful minutes of being alive. I'm a painter. I could do a nice piece of art for your um home. Anything you like. You can paint me something. I'm still going to kill you. He crouched down. His face was mere inches from Maisie's. Turned out the foul stench of his body wasn't half as bad as his breath. I won't give you false hope, but I wouldn't mind a nice... A couple of things happened in quick succession. First, Liz slammed the edge of a cinder block right into Ziggurat's eye. He slumped to the ground. Most of him appeared at least unconscious, except for that creepy second set of teeth that clacked together even more furiously. Maisie scrambled across the sticky lake of lotion to get away from the green blood burning into the cement. Liz grabbed her arm to lift her up. Second, the hot stranger from the other day who'd claimed hell was real leapt over their seven-foot fence. No hands, like a superhero. Reese landed on his feet in a fighting crouch, nose lifted to the air. There was a dagger in each of his hands. He looked down at Ziggurat, then over at Maisie. After a resigned sigh, he muttered, I knew you were trouble. Oh, that was fun. Let me unmute us. Oh, there we go. Cameron, you got to unmute yourself. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yay. Yes. That must have been um, a blast to write. It was. Demons are a good time. I did a lot of research. <laughs> so, yeah. How did you do research when, when I you're was making gonna up? Ask yeah, when you're making up, you know, all the different, you, you're creating basically a new world. Um, oh, yeah. but there's a lot of demons written about out there. I was able to research a ton. Uh, a lot of them that I use are real. Okay. A few, I made this one up just as kind of a conglomeration of everything because I wanted them to be, you know, like a bad 50s crap shooting villain. But mm -hmm. but no, I, I really did do research. The things that I had to think up myself were, for example, what do angel wings feel like? Mm -hmm. In book two, I have the devil. And I'm like, well, what does the devil look like? Not Lucifer, sadly, because it's not the role he's playing. But I mean, there's been 800 examples in yeah. literature and movies. What what do you go with? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yep. So you get to make up your own. Um, I mean, just like if you're making up a fictional town, you know, but, but when you're writing paranormal, it's you're making up kind of your story world. So yeah, what does your devil look like? What do your angel wings feel like? Yeah. You know, because I think it's all 
different. So if I was going to pick my Lucifer of choice, although, yeah, Lucifer's great, but Vigo Mortensen out of The Prophecy. Do you guys remember that one? I don't remember The Prophecy, but I do love me some Vigo. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to send, I'm going to find that clip. I'm going to send it to you because I, okay. I found it and send it to other people before. <laughs> oh, please that's do. A that's a different yeah. one. That's a, that's, a, that's a scary, but feels good, tingly kind of one. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't normally do scary movies because they stay with me for way too long. I mean, I still remember, you know, like watching The Exorcist when I was a child. <laughs> It's yeah. Still, like, if I let myself think about it, like I'll have nightmares. <laughs> My book will not give you nightmares. But yeah, the cool no. thing I did make up that I'm going to pat myself on the back on, I can't have angels flying all over the world because that takes forever. I needed something faster. So I made up a waterfall portal system. And so these guys live behind Niagara Falls and use it to go to any other waterfall in the world. Very cool. Very cool. Then do they, when they arrive, are they all wet? No. <laughs> All right, we have to clarify that. <laughs> That'd be awkward. You show up drenched someplace? No. That would be. Just curious. All right. So, Dawn, it doesn't look like we have any questions yet. We don't. Yeah, not yet. Okay. So, should we go on and have Cameron read? I, I say so. And then, because Denise, right. I mean, Christy, we got another one clip from her, so... Yes, yeah. I want to make sure we have time for all three. Um, so, yes, yeah, so if you do have questions for Cameron, Christy, I mean, it doesn't even have to be about their story. Just in general, we, we always get a ton of questions about just writing yeah. process and, and things like that. Um, feel free to pop them in the comments. But Cameron, talk to us about this anthology. Yeah, so um, I'm going to – I have to read it from over here. Well, actually, I just put it right here. You guys won't know. Okay. See, I'm, I notice oh, I'm making yeah. you read it because I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> so thank you. So as you said, this is our third year. So the first year you guys did testicular cancer and that was jingle balls. Mm -hmm. And then last year was breast cancer and that was tinsel and tatas. And so then this year we did holiday hard on, which is um, go red for women, um, American heart association. And so we're doing really well. Um, it looks like we're going to have a, a lovely, a lovely charity, charitable donation for them um, by the end of next. I think it's, November 4th is our mm -hmm. last day, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, so for those of you uh, that are new to that in any way, we this is, like I said, third third year of this charity. Um, it's only available for a month. This year we had uh, 19 authors and 18 stories. Um, and again, 100% of the proceeds will all benefit the American Heart Association, Go Red for Women, um, which, by the way, every statistic says that like that's the number one killer of women, mm -hmm. which I was really surprised by. Um, it actually made me start thinking like, oh, like, well, I have to start being heart healthy. Um, yep. <laughs> um, and um, so we have that going on. And even though it is American Heart Association, obviously, all of the research and stuff they do, I think, you know, obviously spills internationally. So um, was thinking about that a lot when we had it going. Um, some of the authors that are in this, it's Sylvie Stewart uh, has a story, Brenda St. John, Serena Bell, Errol River. Piper Rain, Marika Ray, Tracy Peterson, Roxy Noor, Claire Marty, Elizabeth Lynx, Stina, Stina Lind Lindenblatt, Stina, right? Lindenblatt uh, Tadra Candle, Melanie Johnson, Sophia Henry, Hope Ellis, Dylan Crush, myself, and Amy Award. So, yeah. It's still on sale for right now. All your major retailers, two ninety nine, seven hundred and fifty pages, approximately of rom com fun. So, 
can't can't go wrong. It's a good investment. It's a girthy book. It is. Mm-hmm. Very good. I got two of them. If somebody broke into my house, I could kill somebody easily with my two <laughs> anthology books. You could take out a demon <laughs> with those books. <laughs> I could hurt somebody if I could if I could wield it and chuck it. Right. I could hurt somebody. <laughs> Um, and that book also is last year we did this too. We, we featured the paperback anthology in the romance happy hour book box. And so this year, yes. the, yep. So this year, the, the book box for um, the holiday book box this year will feature um, holiday heart on super fun heart, heart on themed items and goodies from some of the authors. So have you closed and, the, uh, the ordering for that already? Um, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last oh. day that you, that you can get it. And I th- think we have a left. It's almost sold out. There's, there's just a couple left. And then, um, and there's actually, there are a few left from last year of jingle balls. If you didn't get or sorry, tinsel and tatas. I, I always, I loved the jingle balls one so much, um, because it was just so, it was so punny, you know, it was just, it, it just was so easy yeah. to, play off of the jingle balls so i know i I just that's always my go-to the jingle balls one um so yeah so last year there's still some boxes a couple of boxes left of the tinsel and tatas one and is the um, giveaway still going that one is closed so yeah we we were giving away a uh a box a holiday heart on book box and that one that giveaway is closed okay but um but yeah you can still order it through tomorrow and then as always if we do have extras we'll make those available but um but the price goes up after we close out the ordering and and this year um with all of the holo- of the um of the charity ones 10 percent of the sales of those will also go to our donation so so that's kind of fun too so there's another way to nice to support them so yeah so your story so the big deal with um the, the thing that ties all the stories together is they all had to feature a go red fundraising initiative and so you want to tell us a little bit about your story and then you're going to read us some yeah so as you said um our stories we tend to try to be punny which is the name which explains the name and, and the charity it goes to and so my story is called heart healthy hot sticky buns and um <laughs> <laughs> so uh mine is a older woman younger man uh romance and so age gap and so jane is a freelance editor and adjunct english professor whose best friend um this year's spring city go red for women chairperson begs her to write an article for their fundraiser um cookbook and celebrity dinner she's not thrilled about it but it has a change of heart when number six of spring city's top 10 most eligible bachelors under 30 makes her a promise that his Heart healthy, hot, sticky buns are not only mouthwatering, but will make her moan. How can she say no? (laughs) How can she say no, even if he's significantly younger? The kitchen is not the only place they get hot and steamy. And when she meets his mother, an old colleague, and a girl she babysat as a toddler at their celebrity dinner, can she handle the age difference, despite the fact that he makes her feel things she's never felt before? Oh, God. Love it. Oh, my gosh. It was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. (laughs) So you're going to read us a snippet? I am. I'm actually going to just read you right from the beginning where they meet. So so this is in Jane's POV, chapter one. All right. So I have the cutest guy for you to meet. Penny walks into the guest office I borrow for client meetings, one of which I held two hours ago. My author left our conversation more defeated than invigorated, which is not how I intended our meeting to go. I'll call him later and give him a pep talk. 
Curling my lip, I glance up from the computer screen where my client's manuscript is hemorrhaging to pin penny with a quizzical arc of my brow. Eh, men. Have you sworn off all men or just the handsome ones? She plops down on the guest chair. I haven't sworn them off, but I can't be bothered. They require too much work. Give me a man who doesn't need his ego stroked, only his big and I'll be happy. Penny slaps her hand over her mouth, stifling her giggles. OMG, Jane, what brought this on? You've been single for years. I slide my pencil into the messy bun on my head, realizing there's already one there. Exactly. Dating is tiresome. I'm 44 years old. I figure if I meet the one, nothing will keep us apart. You're 43 and a half. Why are you rounding up? I shrug. What's the difference? Penny sighs. What if you meet a man who not only knows how to care for your body, but also your heart? I'd be impressed. But here's my new deal. Orgasms first, mind second, heart last. I'm too old to give away my love to some man only to find out he doesn't stimulate me mentally and can't find my G-spot to save his life. I'd rather spend my nights with my vibrator and a good book than waste time with a man who doesn't get it. Penny sighs and leans back in her chair. Fine, no men but I need a favor. I pull off my glasses and pinch the bridge of my nose. Of course you do. You know I'm the chair for this year's Spring City American Heart Association's Go Red for Women's Initiative. Oh my God, that is such a mouthful. I interrupted before taking a swig of my cold latte. She rolls her eyes, I know. Anyhow, we're doing a cookbook followed by a one day cooking show on our local PBS affiliate who will televise throughout the region. I nod, not understanding where she's going with this. I don't bake. I don't cook. I barely manage grocery shopping before I'm down to two-year-old cans of tuna and stale crackers. Thank God for delivery. Okay. She drops to her knees and scoots forward, her hands clasped together in prayer. Oh no, this is going to be bad if her baking game is top-notch. We have a celebrity chef. He's a local restaurateur doing a pre-show special tasting with other local celebrities who are also big donors. And we need an amazing article highlighting the food and the fundraiser. And you'd like me to edit this article? Because I know you're not asking me to write it or asking me to cook. She laughs and waves away my concern. I know better than to ask you to cook. I'd like you to work with the chef, participate in the tasting, and then write up a review for the cookbook. Ew, aren't these recipes heart healthy? That means no flavor, no variety, no fun. That's not true. A smooth, deep voice, the kind that hits you in the gut and makes your lady bits tingle, reverberates from the doorway behind me. I swivel around in my chair, my words escaping along with all the oxygen in my lungs. Holy balls, who is this? Young, tall, dark, and handsome, he's every romance novel hero. The guy who makes jilted and jaded women swoon, and he's 10 to 15 years younger than me. He flashes me a panty-melting grin along with a raise of one eyebrow, as if daring me to argue with him. Well, sir, I'm your girl. Heart healthy means I use my fingers to tick off my many complaints. No butter, no gravy, no cream, and no red meat, all of which are delicious. Just because it's heart healthy doesn't mean you can't have the taste of the food you love. It's all about moderation. Moderation's not my speed. I stand up for the first time in two hours, crumbs from my breakfast donut falling from my chest. Great, Jane, real classy. Penny also stands and clears her throat. Jane, this is Christoph, the owner of Christoph's Bistro, Bonnie and Clyde's, and CeCe's by the Seashore, two of which I believe are your favorite restaurants. I hear the smugness in her voice, so I turn to give her a warning glare. 
She ignores me like any friend of 30 years would do. Kristoff, this is my best friend, Jane. Ah, the brilliant writer who doesn't write but edits other authors' work instead. He steps forward and offers his hand. <sighs> Those are penny words being echoed back to me, definitely. How else can I make grown men cry without donning a pair of stilettos and a whip? I slide my hand into his, which is warm and calloused in all the right ways. That's a visual I can work with for a while. His voice is like melted chocolate, smooth, decadent, and sinful. You're welcome to it, I flash him a taunting grin. What am I doing, flirting with a guy five seconds after I give the meh men speech? I think you two are going to have a blast testing recipes. Penny clasps her hands together, throwing me a hopeful bat of her eyelashes. Damn it. How can I say no when the guy looks like Kristoff, even if he's way too young? I sigh and signal defeat with a placating wave of my hands. Okay, win. He smiles as if he's won a prize, but it can't mean me. My assistant's confirming the dinner next Saturday, Sunday, so I need to test the recipes now. Would you be... Would you join me for a couple of test runs, Jane? I'll convince you how delicious heart-healthy dishes can be. Is this guy asking me out? I feel like he's low-key asking me out. Convince me, huh? Do you have any, do I have to do any of the cooking? He'll help, he locks eyes with me like we're the only two people in the room. His intensity is off the charts, peering deep into my soul and caressing my heart, leaving no part of me untouched. How does he do that? A smart man would have said, no, you really don't want me handling food. One of my superpowers is revealing people's hidden talents. In the kitchen, I tease. Sure. We stare longer than appropriate for two strangers, sizing each other up and trying to unravel the mystery of this instant connection between us. I know it's been a while because Penny clears a voice, breaking a spell that has me completely contemplating my future. Maybe you should exchange numbers. Good idea. Christoph pulls a card out of his wallet while I dig, in my, dig my card out of my computer bag and hand it to him. How's tomorrow look for you? I make a show thinking about my calendar, even though I know outside of editing deadlines, I have no life. Tomorrow works. What about Monday? Tuesday, he grins. Why don't we see how tomorrow goes and take it from there? I don't want to admit I have no life, regardless of the day of the week. Plus, I don't want to sign up for future dates if the first one crashes and burns. The attraction between us is too hot to end in any other way than gloriously astounding, be that good or bad. Smart, you need to decide if you can stand me before you let me know if you're available for future dates. Ooh, he's a clever one. I flash a sly smile as my response. He chuckles. See you tomorrow at CeCe's? I'll be there. Nodding to Penny, he holds my card in the air. I'll text you. Pressing my lips together, I nod at his retreating form and then turn a set of big, non-believing eyes at Penny. I mouth, what the hell? And count the seconds until he enters the elevator, confirming he's out of earshot. What was that? Penny explodes, and I know keeping it in has been killing her. I have no idea. The sexual tension between you two was so thick, I need a chainsaw to hack through it, she fans herself. I'm not much of a voyeur, but I feel like I just watched two people get busy. You certainly were eye-humming the hell out of each other. That was crazy. He's so hot and young. Is he single? He's all the above, Penny nods. He's on the year's list. He's on this year's list of Spring City's top 10 most eligible bachelors under 30. Under 30? I cough, saving the forgotten manuscript on my computer and powering down the laptop. There's no way my brain can edit a psychological filler right now when all I see are hearts floating around in the red hued ether while Barry White's smooth, deep voice sings in my head. Yeah, 
but don't let his age get inside your noggin. He's totally into you. I shrug, pretending like his age doesn't bother me. Besides, I don't need be, to be get myself worked up about a guy who's clearly out of my league. I mean, I'm no slouch, but if they voted him in the top 10, he's a hot local commodity. Where did he rank in the top 10, I joke? Number six, right after the younger Manning brother Camden. Number six in a city of 750,000? The hell is he making googly eyes at me? Penny shrugs, why not you? You're pretty and sweet and only slightly cutthroat with your sarcastic tongue, which he seems to like. Maybe he's a masochist with an Oedipus complex. She giggles, maybe. I guess you'll find out tomorrow. What are you going to wear? Considering he says I'll help him cook, a hazmat suit? Hmm, how about a frilly apron over sexy lingerie? Definitely not. I hoist my computer bag onto my shoulder and grab my sweater off at the back of the chair. Well, do whatever feels good, and I do mean whatever feels good. And remember to take notes so you can write a story about how great the recipes are and how it's all for a wonderful cause. Go red for women. I sigh walking towards the elevator. You owe me big. Yes, yes, she walks with me, walk, waiting until the door is closed to say, but if you get good sex out of this deal, we're even. That's all. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, one... one my one thought was, I I feel like a frilly apron over a sexy lingerie is like every guy's fantasy. <laughs> it depends. My Only thought. if you're making real real food that's edible. <laughs> Otherwise, oh. why bother with the apron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So men like food and sexy lingerie. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to ask one. We'll... We, we should do it. An episode. Where we ask, where we ask, like all these We're asking men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'd have to find one who's willing to come on here. And <laughs> my husband will wash dishes shirtless with an apron on. Woohoo! Oh, wow. <laughs> Lucky you, Christy. Holy cow. I'm just happy for my husband to wash dishes. So I know. <laughs> mine does the laundry too without a shirt on. Yeah. Nah, he usually it, stays dressed for that. Or or does he have to take the shirt off so he can wash it? <laughs> yeah. I'm, he takes the shirt I, off I'm usually writing a book while he does it. So I, I don't really watch that part. Yes. So what you're That's saying true. is is you need to get him from washing the dishes without a shirt on to um doing the laundry naked. Completely naked. <laughs> well then Whoa, how would I get my I'm book sorry. written? That's I mean, he's gotta like be a natural segue, Don. I mean, I felt like it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's laundry. Go talk to her husband after the show and be saying. like, you'll never guess how we were talking about you doing romance. <laughs> right, he would not be surprised. He comes to romance conventions with me, hangs out with my all my friends. He's It would not face yeah, him. It. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So back to Cameron's story. I can't believe we don't have any questions tonight. Our, our viewers don't. are lacking come on fire your questions up in the comments um i would like to know because cameron it sounds like you um i mean that sounded super legit have you ever um dated or been attracted to a guy that is that much younger than you my my single friend i mean been attracted to sure but would i take one seriously I, so my cutoff is i am single so my cutoff is because yeah I, 
been hit on by guys that are significantly younger. And I'm like, if I could have birthed you, no. Like, that's a problem for me, right? Like, but, but it's still a huge ego boost. Take the compliment. It yeah, is. No, sure. total, total ego boost. But at the same time, it's like, eh, if I could have birthed you, that's my cutoff. So I mean, depending on a lot of factors, I mean, theoretically, you could have potentially birthed a baby you know i mean some of us could have birthed a baby at age 12 like but would we no, no so no, no. like seriously i counted at the 18 year mark like if, okay. if because i you know i know when i had sex so it's like okay this is when i could have legitimately had a child so got it yeah okay for me and they just I started feeling older when i would watch like the the teen tv dramas and go oh he's hot but I, that would be wrong yeah, like yeah. when you looked at the twenty-year-olds and still realized they were hot, but went, "Oh, I couldn't possibly." Oh my gosh, yep. yes. Yep. I'm at that stage now where I'm like, I'm watching all these new age movies come out, and all the guys that are supposed to be like the hot studs. I'm thinking, "Ooh, like he's really young. He looks like a teenager." And then that that reminds me that I'm actually old. So yeah. <laughs> Older, older, that's all. Older. Yeah, as soon as their their birth year is like after I graduated high school, I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, and when you have kids, because my my oldest is now a freshman in college, and so when it's somebody that is, you know, like would be within their dating pool, I'm like, mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm happily married. I should preface it. But, um, say, say it out loud for the husband to hear in the next room. Um, no. um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, when, when you see that, you know, some of the, you know, like, oh my God, like Zac Efron, you know, I mean, he was like a, a Disney person and then like, whoa, what happened to him? You know, I mean, it's so, you know, you see like some of these kids where you know them when they, you, you have you seen them in Baywatch? Um, there are just yes, muscles that's everywhere. what I'm saying. But like, you see them when they're when they're younger, you know, almost like a child and then they grow up to be like, whoa, where did, you know, where did that Zach come from? Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the, when it's somebody that my kids used to watch on, on TV and now, you know, or who is yeah. some of the other ones too? Um, oh, it's the like new the Spider-Man the guy, Tom guy Holland, right? Oh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. And my, my, my daughter, she's like, we were watching a show the other day and she's like, oh my gosh, that's Spider-Man. And I'm like, no, that's not Spider-Man. <laughs> and she's like, yes, mom, that's Spider-Man. And I had to look it up and she was right. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I'm super old because this kid looks like a kid. He doesn't look <laughs> like a Spider-Man. One of those will always look young. He's just got that, you know, like. Got a baby face. Yes. Yeah. Like Ralph Macchio. What is he? I don't know. Like 60 something uh, now or something. And, and he still looks yeah. like he's like 24. So I don't yeah. know. Now I'm aging myself. Anyways. All right. We have, um, we need to get back to Christy because Christy has one more thing to read. And then she we does. need to get some questions. We need to get some questions in our comments or else Dawn is going to start asking the questions, which, you know, I mean, we love, but, but we'd love to hear from you. You never know I which way you. it's going to go when I ask the question. That is so true. All right. Yeah. So let's hear what um, Christy has for us. And is what it, book is this? Is this the same book? Oh, it's the same book. Oh, same book. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. For some reason, I thought you were going to read it. Paranormal, paranormal, and then you're read I can write part. paranormal. Here's the romance part. Got it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. We're All right. Significantly we deeper into the book at this point, And they, uh, 
they they've had some flirting and some smooching and now uh he's jealous and just a quick reminder they are right behind niagara falls that's all you need to know got it gideon flew the length of the armory Maisie rushed over to watch him launch toward the waterfall and then disappear reese realized he didn't like Maisie staring after gideon either it annoyed him in fact more than any other in the long list of annoying actions she'd made since the moment they met. Mostly, he was annoyed at himself for feeling so petty. He won't be back for some time. You might as well stop pining for him to reappear. Pining? The draft from the falls blew her hair into a fiery nimbus. You might as well be a 19th century wailing wife on the widow's walk, staring at the ocean, waiting for her man to crest the horizon. Wow, that's fanciful in the extreme. Ridiculous, too. She fisted her hands at her hips. What is wrong with you? I don't know. Because his jealousy was wrong, uncalled for, and undeniable. Are you trying to pick a fight? Seems that way. They were both yelling to be heard over the roar of the falls. Why? Because it's either fight with you or... He broke off. Or what? Or this. Reese grabbed her, laying a hand flat on her back to protect her from the rough stone, and then pushed her against the wall. His other hand bracketed her wrist overhead. His mouth slanted across hers with all the pent-up heat he'd worked so hard to ignore. And for good measure, he ground his hips against her so she could have no doubt exactly what the or this entailed. To his shock, Maisie kissed him back. With all the same heat and want, even though he just argued with her for no real reason, Reese was so surprised that he dropped his arms and took two steps back. What's that? I've wanted to do that since you started singing, pretty much at your first note. That's when I wanted to lick you. By 05 bars in, it almost felt like you were licking me. Well, hell, it wasn't real. Disappointment swamped him. That's just the effect of Angel Song. No, it's not, or I'd want to lick Gideon and Xavier. They're handsome and bulging with muscles and would show a girl a good time in bed, I've zero doubt. She shook her head. Her green and brown eyes narrowed and practically burned with intensity. But I don't want them. I want you. Then Maisie licked her lips, slowly. Your singing was just the icing on the top of the multi-layered cake of goodness that is you. So when you complimented me, you weren't drunk on angel song? No, geez, you're being thick-headed. Did you hear me bending over backward to compliment Gideon or Xavier, who also sang? And frankly, Gideon's tenor is a tad more impressive than your baritone. Reese scratched at the back of his neck. You're trying to prove how much you want me by pointing out that my friend sings better. Well, yes, to prove my feelings for you and only you are genuine. The times he'd previously kissed her had been accidents organic reactions to the moment. This, if they acted upon it, this would be a conscious choice, a complication, a distraction, a problem. Humans and Nephilim inhabited the same earth, but were part of two different worlds. They had different priorities, different knowledge, different lifespans. None of that changed the balance of how he'd grown to appreciate Maisie's optimism and caring and heart, and how much he wanted her lithe, beautiful body. He shook his head. This is a bad idea. We fight. You don't trust me. Are you kidding? Sure, we argue. That makes things interesting. But do I trust you? He bit her lip, then stepped to the side. I'll show you how much I trust you. And Maisie fell backward into the dark gap between the lip of the watchtower and Niagara Falls. Disbelief froze him in place for a breath. Then Reese plunged after her. It only took three pumps of his wings to get close enough to catch her in his arms. Maisie wasn't shaking. She wasn't paler than usual. In fact, as he landed them back inside, she was flushed and smiling. Smiling? 
His heart still hadn't restarted. It felt solid, frozen in his chest, a hard block of nothing, which was what he'd be without Maisie in his life. Reese couldn't set her down, couldn't let go. His fingers pressed hard into her thighs, reassured that she was really there with him. Don't ever scare me like that again. Maisie didn't look at all phased by his rough growl of an order. I wasn't scared. I trusted you to come after me. That was enough to kickstart his back into action. Well, I was scared. I, nothing can happen to you. Do you hear me? To me, her ruby lips pursed, or to the keeper. What a stupid question. To you, Maisie, you and your joyous outlook on life and the whale, you smile at me like a freaking gift. You, it's got nothing to do with the key or the keeper or heaven or hell, just you. Then we're all good. And she tightened her arms around his neck, drawing him down into another kiss. And then, spoiler, they have sex. Spoiler. I was going to say, spoiler. I mean, I got that they kissed, but I, I mean, that I thought the kiss was a spoiler, but yeah. <laughs> One step further Ooh. for sure. Um, we're going to have to check Ooh. that out to see how Christie's world defines angel, angel sex. Well, I was I'm sorry, not angel sex, but yes. Angel romance. Half angel sex. The good half. <laughs> Um, well, Catherine came through for us. I know. She Catherine for the win. Thank you, Catherine. Catherine for the win. Woohoo. So let's try this one. What does your writing routine look like? Who wants to go first? I don't know. They both look like they're chomping at the bit to just. <laughs> Christy. Um, I have a day job, sadly, most oh. of the time. So. I come home, I exercise, I make dinner, spend time with my husband, and then I write from pretty much 8.30 or 9 until about 11.30 every day and all day on the weekends. It's a lot. So what So what time do you have dinner? <laughs> um, like 7, 7.30. Okay. All right. I was just wondering if I'm odd. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> In my we dinner kids, time. So that okay. might be why we eat so late. How about you, Cameron? Uh, so since the middle of last year, I've had anywhere from two to six pre-orders up at all times. So I also have a full-time job, but my job is pretty, um, it's boring. It's unbelievably boring. It's awesome. So um, I write all day. I write, I have my iPad up and near me all the time. So I am writing throughout the day, or if I'm not writing, I'm talking to my characters while I'm walking the dog or whatever. So I, I don't have a good routine. If I actually had to like become structured, I don't know what I would do, but luckily right now I am able to just write all day. And I, as soon as I, I write one story, I try to stick with only one story. I finish it. I send it off to my readers. I immediately within an hour have opened up the next manuscript and started writing the next manuscript. Wow. I, get it, nice. I get it back from them. I edit what I need to. I format it. I upload it. I send it off to our creators. And then and then I have put it aside and I'm already on the next story, hopefully a couple thousand words into the next story. So you were. So uh, when do you plot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was your um, question. Yeah, sorry. 
So, uh, well, so, you know, I, I do a lot of collaboration. So typically there is a theme associated with it already. So I kind of know where the theme is. Um, as soon as I pick a character or whatever, a lot of times I will immediately go and write the blurb. So I have a general idea of where the story is going to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's romance. It's, it's, yeah. I have Guy to say, though, you're, <laughs> go ahead. you're the first person I've ever heard that writes the blurb first. I don't always, well, no, 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 that's not true. Recently, I have, probably for the last year, I've written the blurb first because I haven't had a choice. My entire writing, um, I write, I write dialogue first. So I'm, I'm decent at snarky dialogue. Hopefully that came through in my story. Um, um, So I'm more than decent at, at snarky dialogue, Cameron. You can say that. I am a sarcastic little witch. Yes. You, um, (laughs) one of your strengths is your, your dialogue so yes own right. it girlfriend own it you write so, really good so I typically, I typically almost every story I typically based upon you know what I know the scene is or what I know the overarching storyline is going to be um I have a scene and then I will kind of play that through my head and I'll have some snarky dialogue and unfortunately we'll almost never have something on me to capture that snarky dialogue so it's never as good once I get it on paper as it was in my head 10 minutes earlier um and that's, that's my writing process usually starts with a scene and then I just go from there. It's not, you know, so I wish it was more, yeah. um, it would be good if it was probably more structured, huh? I probably would have. So more what I'm, what I'm getting is you're, you're a pantser. Are you a pantser oh, big time. or a plant? <laughs> big time. Pant- so, so you're not you even know- a planter. Uh, not really. No, no, no. Yeah. And you know, what's really funny is, is I'm an engineer by trade. Right. So when I first started going to conferences and stuff, the very first thing, you know, you know, you you go to all these like workshops and stuff and they're talking about, you know, the the writing process and the hero's journey and all the beats you have to meet and stuff. And of course, I immediately tried to engineer that and turn that into a spreadsheet where I could be like, (laughs) you know, and I use Jamie Gold's. I'm sure you guys have all seen Jamie Gold's Romancing the Beats. Right. And stuff like that. Yeah. I tried all of those that screwed me up so bad. So bad. Really? Yeah. I love Romancing the Beats. Oh, no, it's fantastic. But for me, I couldn't write to that because, yeah, no. because I became very analytical. It was, no, I have to be at 10,820 words for this section. And like, yeah. that was, it doesn't work for me. It's weird how yeah. like, so I'm an engineer, but yet I can't do that on the writing side. I cannot make it structured. Well, you know I, what I, I think for me, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Dylan. I was just going to say that tells me that you have like that left and right brain are kind of worrying. And so you found, you know, you, you use the left brain in your, um, in your day job. And so your right brain has to have that outlet. So maybe writing is your creative outlet. outlet. Yeah. And yeah, but you know what I found? I mean, I I've written, I don't know how many books I have out now, 14, maybe um, under that name. And then um, several under another that we won't talk about. John. That we will not talk about about it. Um, I'm really good with keeping secrets now. Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, But I think that, I I mean, I think, you know, as much as like, I hate my process. My process is painful. I've tried so many times to change it. And I mean, I think you can to some degree as you learn and, and mature and get better and more efficient and everything. But I mean, part of it is just like, oh my gosh your process is sometimes just your process and you know 
And that's what it is. Yeah. And so I, I feel like, like, don't apologize for that. If that's how you work best, then that's how you work best. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I didn't write 45 books in the last two years. I mean, <laughs> clearly it's working for you. Right. Well, exactly. You know, uh, I do. I do think that that is one of the most important things is once you figure out what, what if something works for you and it may not work for you forever, but if something mm -hmm. works for you, just just roll with it. Right. Because, right. you know, every time they're talking about like, you know, HB90 or all of these great tools that people use that are very successful with, um, you know, three, four years ago, I would have gotten hung up on that and been like, you know, why mm -hmm. can't I? Why can't I make that work for me or why can't I tweak it to make it work? Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm just like, that is so awesome. That's working for you. Right. And I just yeah. run off and do what I need to do because otherwise I yeah. think mess. Well, well, when I, I hear someone say they're a planter, I still cover my mouth and shriek a little internally. Are you a pure plotter? Are you a potter? Yes. Oh, wow. in the most extreme sense of the word. I do know exactly <laughs> what the word count is for each chapter and what it must come in at and oh, all gosh. of that. Wow. And I wish I could be more like that. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I have mad respect for people who can do that be yeah. because, yeah. It's just, but you know what I also think, I think a lot of people, um, the grass is always greener too. You know, it's like the people who, who are pure pantsers sometimes, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I could plot. And then people who are plotters sometimes say like, oh, I wish I could like have a little bit more of discovery writing because, you know, I know exactly what's going to happen. And then I'm never surprised. And so, I mean, it's just, and, yeah. and what works for you for one book, like who was it? JK Rowling. I think I at one point saw, you know, like all the different ways that she had plotted all the different Harry Potter books and they were all different or I might be confusing her with someone else. Um, but yeah, it just, I mean, what works for one book might not work for the next and, and so. Or author. What, right, right. Well, but what I do love is that there are, there's so much knowledge and people are, are so willing to share what does work for them and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I'm kind of of a hybrid. Like, I love the romancing the beat, but I'm also a planter. So I, like, kind of incorporate it all like, into yeah. my, you know, it's My, it's my advice, genuinely, when I'm speaking to new authors about this, is to say, do what works for you. But if something mm -hmm. isn't working for you, mm -hmm. like you're writing a romantic suspense and you've ground to a halt because you don't know who the murderer is, then try plotting a little. Like right, not yeah. the whole thing, like, you know, right. plot, you know, one sentence for each chapter. But if you're stuck, you have to try something else. Mm -hmm. Well, and what like I found as a, as a pantser, I found what works for me is I will plot like sections or I'll plot an act at a time because then I feel like I'll, I'll loosely plot because I kind of know, you know, here, here's my couple. Here's, you know, at the midpoint, you know, they kind of have to be committed and have their false high and then at the end you know I kind of know how it's going to end and so I'll plot like one act at a time and then I feel like it still gives me that freedom to like I know what I'm writing toward at the end of that one act but it still gives me the freedom to kind of go however I want to to get there so you know and I will say that like I think for for me or people that would write stuff like me um you know my stuff is very low drama right mm -hmm. my stuff is you know cute me snarky banner hot sex happily ever after right so like if I had to have a lot of conflict which I'm not a fan of because I don't deal with crap in my real life so I definitely don't want to write about it um but if I had to deal with a lot of conflict I'd probably have to be a little bit more of a plotter right because I'd have to I'd have to make sure I hit those beats and and resolve the conflict which right. um that I, I get to avoid a lot of that so well and when you write shorter you don't have room for a lot of different subplots and all that. And so it is more just focusing on the couple yeah. because you have to make sure you get that satisfying, you know, realistic. Yeah. 
here's what happens between the two of them and you don't have a lot of room. So yeah. I just wrote a 12,000 word short story for an anthology. And I mean, most of my books, I do write some novels, but most of them are, you know, 90,000 words. Mm -hmm. And 12,000 words, man, you cut everything out. It's the mm -hmm. hardest thing in the world. It is hard. Yeah. And most people think it will be so much easier because there's, there's not much there, but it's so hard to just really zero in on what is important because then, yeah. Yeah. I brought it in. So it was between 12 and 15. I brought it in at 14,897 <laughs> 14, words. Oh, awesome. I didn't just... look at it before sending it to the editor. Cause I'm like, Three if words. I read it again, I will add things. So out it goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I, there was, I mean, many, many years from when I first like joined the writing community and I, the writing community here is all genres. Right. So I, I was just like talking to people with all genres and, you know, they, they, they told me about like, Oh, you know, writing short is so hard. And I mean, it can be if, I think it depends on what kind of writer you are. Right. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I stayed away from it for so long because I was scared of it because they made yeah. me like think it was going to be so hard. And it turns out it's one of my strengths because I can tell a very complete story in very few words, but mm -hmm. I don't drag out a lot of drama. Like that's yeah. how I avoid it. Yeah. I also don't include a lot of secondary characters, which right. also hurts me because I don't have a huge world building going on with a bunch of different mm -hmm. characters. Mm -hmm. But I love doing novellas. I just do. Like I love yeah. novellas length. It's, it's a lot of fun. All right. We got two more I'm, questions I'm here. Like 20 to 50 K, but. Under 20, that's when I, I whimper a little. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've also restructured my brain because now when I read, I look at I'm like 400 pages, man. Oh. <laughs> like, that's a commitment. <laughs> now I got to like commit. There's right. Out there I want to yeah. read that are tombs that I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. We have another question here. What is the last book you read? Oh, so I recently joined TikTok to further my career. Difficult. Um, it's a learning process, but, you know, they're recommending the same books over and over and over. And I discovered, even though I've been a massive bookworm my whole life, I discovered this subgenre called dark academia, which I did not know existed Ooh. prior to TikTok. And it thoroughly intrigued me. So the book I'm reading right now is the first in the Scholomance series called Deadly. And it's basically like a super dark, super deadly Harry Potter. Hmm. And I can't say the word dark enough times to describe this okay. book. Dark, 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 dark. Yeah, but it's, it's really <laughs> fascinating. But it's fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. What, is, what does that mean, dark academia, though? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's not dark romance. It's No, it's... um. Set YA? in like a magical school, like so YA. Okay, huh, I've never like, heard the term academia before. As it's, a but it it's be like, like ninth house too, which is set at Yale, so it doesn't. It's have like to be academy, there, academy romance without the romance. Okay. I think there's going to be romance by the end of the series. I can. Uh, they're setting it up very classically, okay. but oh my god, things die all the time, and they're horrible, horrible things. Oh, we, we hmm. didn't know that Christine had such a twisty dark side. Yeah, I didn't either. But I love a magical school. <laughs> I am there for any and every magical school. Yeah. How about you, Cameron? Um, I think the last one, I can't tell you which one it is, but it's one of the Stephanie Brothers um, four books. 
she, she has a, she had an audible, she had an audible that was on sale and it has four of her four series. So it was book one. I can't tell you which one it was, but it's the last one I listened to mm -hmm. on my drive to and from Denver. And a little Do bit in front of other people where I was blushing. No, I was going, so you, um, I was blind. Oh, is that the front range painted on your wall? Oh, kind of. It's my, my rendition of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I know we commented on her wall of beef before you, you, you popped on there. Um, yeah, we were like beautiful background, but good job. Yeah. I went that to grad school. Was a, that was so a, I see mountains and I get, I get very homesick. Yeah. That was a week's worth of, uh, writing procrastination. <laughs> it's the best <laughs> well, kind. All right. One last question. What, well, I guess you put two in there. What made you decide to become a writer and why romance and paranormal and or paranormal. You don't decide to become a writer. You can't not be a writer. It's not, it, it's not something you go into if you have any other option, really. You just do it because your brain doesn't stop thinking of all these things. Uh, and for sure. me, I, I genuinely think love makes the world go round. I think doing something with somebody you adore is better than doing it alone much of the time. And I think happily ever afters are magical and, and magic is cool. So that's why paranormal. <laughs> I love all those answers. I think they're perfect. Like the, you said it, you like, yeah, beautifully. You said it beautifully. <laughs> Cameron, yeah. what about you? Um, I, 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 <laughs> I just started writing one day because I was stuck in a situation where I couldn't have any tech. Um, and I was I was uh, immersed in a, a series called The Fever Series by Karen Marie Moaning, which is- So her, good. Oh, so good, so good. And so I was reading that every night, but I couldn't take my books into the office with me because it was a skiff and it was a secure facility and stuff. And so um, I had to start just daydreaming instead. And, you know, I'm sitting in Norway in the Arctic Circle overlooking the Barents Sea, right? Like totally magical place. So I started coming up with my own stuff. And then I just started writing and then got all my friends turned into writers. And so I just didn't have a choice. Um, my entire social network changed. So I didn't really have a choice. Um, and I actually do actually write Paranormal as well. I just haven't released any of it yet. That's going to be my task for next year. I actually started with Paranormal because that is my first love is Paranormal. Because um, I find the insta-love trope so much more believable when you have the magical elements associated with it, the faded mm -hmm. mate stuff. True. Um, and, and so, but I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet because that's my first baby. And I've been afraid to release it because, you know, if, if that doesn't go over well, I'll be just crushed. <laughs> I did a signing next to Karen Marie Moaning at Nora Roberts bookstore Ooh. and she like it was, it was her and Jill Shalvis and Sarah Morgan and, and me and Nora and everyone was, it was the first, it was, I think my second or third signing there. It was the only time that people were in line longer for somebody besides Nora. Like they, she brought a Ziploc baggie full of two dozen Sharpies because she knew they were going to run dry. I mean, Whoa. Nora was done signing a solid hour before Karen. Her fans were amazeballs. Wow. Yeah. And I've read her books and love them. So I like, I knew why I was like, I'm breathing your air. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jer Jericho Boyeron is actually my still my number one book boyfriend of all boyfriends. <laughs> He's still my number one. Yeah. If y'all have okay. the end of book three, beginning of book four. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Can you like pop that link in the comments of our show, Cameron? Because I'm pretty sure viewers are going to want to know where to find that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And I have one last question, and it's just like a raise your hand question. Like, who has fangirled over an author before at a book signing? Yeah. At a book signing. Yeah. No. Oh my God, Cameron, come on. I haven't, no? I haven't been to any book signings except for <gasps> Pikes Peak Writers. So, I mean, oh so the ones that I have technically had a table at, um, I haven't been to any like big ones, but I, I will tell you that if I ever got a chance to go to Cleveland and go to one of J.R. Ward's ones, I would. Mm. Oh, he's so, so nice in person. You wouldn't even believe it. It's no, not a was. persona. It's really her. Really? So, yeah. yeah. Funny story. I was in New York City at um, at Nationals, and um, I was at the elevator. And I know my sisters are massive J.R. Ward fans, like massive. And I go and and I had prefaced my daughter. I said, "This is a picture of J.R. Ward. If you see her, let me know." And my daughter was my totally awesome assistant the whole time, and she's like, "Oh my God, Mom, that's her." That's like totally her. So um, we got up there and I'm like, we were in the same elevator as J.R. Ward. And I said, um, excuse me, I don't want to bother you. I said, but my sisters are massive fans of yours. And she's like, oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And she's like, um, I told my producer to give me an advanced copy of my next book. And I was going to give it away to my first um, fan that approached me. And since it's for your sister, let's do it for your sister. So she wrote this. Um, she autographed this book to my sister. And I said, would you mind doing a, tic- uh, a not a TikTok, uh, a Marco Polo with me to my sister, just so she knows. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. So I have a Marco Polo with J.R. Ward. Oh, wow. <laughs> and her saying, and her saying, Daylene, Danelle, too bad you're not here. <laughs> so it's did they awesome. fight over that one book? It's still in my bookshelf because I don't trust any of them. <laughs> I'm just gonna put you. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, Don. All right. You know what, Don? We're at like an hour and ten minutes. I know. I know. We're totally, totally so, past. Yeah. We should. We should cut this off. Um. So our authors can go about their evening. Um, thanks for being with us, Christy. And um, thank you. Christy has a giveaway up on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. And um, Holiday Heart On has a giveaway up on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. So go check that out. And we also have our countdown to our 100th episode. We are featuring 100 books on our way to our 100th yes. episode, which is December 8th. So make sure you check that out. We've got that posted and we are featuring um, at least one or two books a day up until December 8th. So, mm-hmm. um, and our authors, our past authors have donated some amazing prizes. I mean, that giveaway is, I mean, there's gift cards, there's signed books, there's eBooks, there's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Cynthia Dalba, I think is doing an embroidered towel. I mean, we've got, you know, like some way cool, way cool things that we're, that were donated by and what were you say we only have two episodes left of the year so mm-hmm. next episode is 99 and then december is 100 mm-hmm. so two episodes yep. left yeah. the giveaway so we do the second tuesday in november and the second tuesday in december because otherwise we fall into thanksgiving and christmas and so thursday the first yep. thursday 
Did I just say Tuesday? I said Tuesday. You totally said the second Tuesday. I, I, I meant Thursday. God. The first I, I would like you to know I had an old fashioned in my spooky Halloween glass. I and saw that. That's awesome. It was really I gotta day. say, I love it that you said the second Tuesday because, like, I think it was last episode or the episode after you're like, Don, you mean the fourth Tuesday, the fourth Thursday, the fourth Thursday? So, like, we've corrected each other now. We're even. So, we're even All and right. correcting each other with days. And you didn't curse tonight. So, you know, I, didn't. I feel like you're making progress, Dawn. So good job. Yeah. All right. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Um, so you can find out more about Christy and Cameron and where to find them on our website at romancehappyhour.com. And I think we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much. We enjoyed having you. We will see you on second Thursday. Thursday. First Thursday. <laughs> First Thursday in November. Second Thursday is Thanksgiving. First Thursday no. in November. No. The third Thursday, the fourth Thursday is Thanksgiving. The fourth Thursday. Yes. Don't. Second Thursday. Second That's Thursday. That's what I said. But you said four. I don't know. I've had. We will see you time. the second Thursday in November. All right. We're done now. All right. I thought you meant. Bye, everybody. Episode. Have a good night. Bye. for joining us for this week's episode of romance happy hour to find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes visit our website at romancehappyhour.com don't forget you can always join us live on the second and fourth thursday of each month on the romance happy hour facebook page to connect with don or me check the show notes for our contact info we'll see you next time cheers, cheers.